when we think about, um, you know, making sure that we have an inclusive culture, that our team is comfortable with being who they are, that they can show up to work and share and express their opinions, they can provide innovative ideas, they can expand outside of the zone, we don't want them to be worried about, you know, is their tie straight, you know, like, I think that's like the least important piece of it. And, and I think it's representative of being uh, comfortable and being who you are being authentic, being genuine. Welcome to Real Leadership, the podcast that cuts through the noise to focus on leaders who make, move, and process things in the real economy. Together, we'll discover the strategies and hard-earned lessons from pragmatic, gutsy leaders who operate in a world that is more stake than it is sizzle. Right here, we dive into their stories, challenges, and triumphs to go beneath the surface to the very heart of leadership in the real economy. I'm your host, Jim Weaver, Chief Operating Officer of the Oni Group, where we believe that real leadership does indeed matter. Let's go. Understanding your labor market is crucial for successful recruitment. Onan Staffing's Recruitment Strategy Guide provides insights specific to your geographic location and the positions you're hiring for. Our Recruitment Strategy Guide delivers a clear snapshot of your labor market and actionable intel to tackle market-specific challenges. With Onan's expertise, we help you navigate and win in your competitive landscape. Empower your recruiting process with the insights you need. Learn more about Ona's Recruitment Strategy Guide at onastaffing.com backwards slash strategy. Today, we bring you Karen Sampson, the Dynamic Vice President overseeing both human resources and marketing at IBT Industrial Solutions and its parent company, Cumulus Companies Incorporated, with a PhD in human capital development from the University of Southern Mississippi under her belt. Karen brings extensive expertise to her role at IBT, a distinguished family-owned business. IBT has actually been around for 70 plus years and they have a history of providing comprehensive industrial distribution training and consulting services to companies who make, move and process things across the US. Since 2018, Karen's transformative leadership has driven groundbreaking advancements within IBT, particularly in the realm of e-commerce services. Just last month, Karen was a speaker at the Envision B2B 2023 conference where she discussed just that uh, in integrating ERP and e-commerce technology. In an era marked by the growing skills gap, Karen has also spearheaded IBT's efforts to bridge knowledge gaps through innovative online training courses, benefiting not only the company that she's in, but also the industrial sector as a whole. Karen, welcome. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. That was an awesome yeah. intro. I, uh, it sounds really impressive to hear it uh, from 
<laughs> not myself, I guess. <laughs> well, it's, it's all facts, right? Yeah, yeah. I think those are all facts. <laughs> it's a good spin on yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> I got a, uh, I've got a, um, a question I, that, that I've been told to ask you right out of the gate. Uh-huh. So, uh, are you wearing comfortable shoes today? Oh, yes. I'm actually, I'm wearing no shoes today. So Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I understand you think it's important to wear comfortable shoes. Tell us about that. Yeah, so that's kind of a, a representative overview of uh, just, I think, how we need to be in um, work and in life. So, you know, there was a time when I was young that... Um, that I would really put a lot of effort into like how I presented myself at work and I made sure that if I'm giving a presentation I'm wearing pumps and a dress and I've got pearls on and I'm you know doing the the whole deal and um, yeah and I just feel like and I think fortunately because of COVID where we've had this opportunity to um, see people in their homes and we are really being a lot more authentic. I think it's been really liberating for not me, but for everyone to be able to be who you are. And so I think it's like a deeper, um, a deeper meaning, I guess, to be able to just be comfortable. And I was talking about this with, with my team and, um, you know, someone uh, had seen a TikTok about professional LARPing where we like put on this mask about like, what it means to be a professional. And actually, I think it ends up being distracting from what we really are and what we need to do and what we need to accomplish. So now when I think of LARPing, I think of like the Renaissance Festival, like dressing up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's what you mean yeah. by that. Yeah, that is. That's a great picture. Professional LARPing. I hadn't heard that expression before. Yeah, I thought it was really clever because, you know, we put on this um persona that we have to be a certain way or act a certain way to get a level of respect. But when we think about, um, you know, making sure that we have an inclusive culture, that our team is comfortable with being who they are, that they can show up to work and share and express their opinions. They can provide innovative ideas. They can expand outside of the zone. We don't want them to be worried about, you know, is their tie straight you know like i think that's like the least important piece of it Hmm. and and i think it's representative of being uh comfortable and being who you are being authentic being genuine so i have to confess when i if i show up here with a jacket and tie on everybody looks at me like what are you doing and i feel like i'm in a costume yeah i feel like i'm it (laughs) yeah it doesn't feel it's like you know nobody's that you know i don't think (laughs) so Uh, well so uh, let's chase that thread a little Uh bit i think or don't you think sometimes people use um oh i'm just being myself as almost like uh or i'm just being honest as an excuse so where, where's that line in your mind? Yeah, I think, um, you know, when I, and I've, I've talked to this as I coach people individually a lot and I, I work with folks in, independently. And, um, you know, when we think about what our values are at our core, you know, one of my values, in addition to being authentic, is to care for other people, to do what's in their best interest. And I think there is always a way to be honest because I think it's important particularly from a perspective of talent development to, you know, we have to be able to give honest 
honest feedback to folks so that they can help improve themselves because we're all kind of on that journey together. But there's a way to do that that isn't being a jerk, you know? I mean, we don't have to take that approach. And I think we want honesty in a way that's also adhering to our own core values, which I think most people have. Like, I firmly believe that people are good at their core, that they want to do things that are um, beneficial for themselves, beneficial for others, that they, you know, we have a, I think, an innate sense of community and being able to take care of one another. And, um, and I think we have to live by those, those authentic values, too. So I don't think there's a separation of them. But I do think mm-hmm. that sometimes people use that as an excuse to, um, you know, not be true to their whole core values. And so I think that's, uh, I think that's where the line is for me. Recruiting top talent is tough. Onan Staffing focuses on people, offering exceptional benefits to attract and retain dedicated workers. Partner with us for flexible, data-driven solutions. Visit OnanStaffing.com to learn more. You came to, to uh, IBT in 2018 as HR director, and over the course of the last five years, um, you now find yourself in the VP of HR and marketing role. Uh, that's quite a scope of responsibility, um, especially in a you know a complex business. It's mm-hmm. a big business, multiple states. It's not like it's uh, some single location operation where you'd, you'd maybe have. I mean, to to put marketing and and human resources together under one. That's that's a big scope. So, how did the marketing piece of that come come into into play yeah so it's uh it's interesting i get this question a lot actually um so weirdly it's not the first time i've had a dual role like this where it's internal facing and external so um way back in the day i um, worked for a large retailer and um they'd created this role um that was focused on employee and customer engagement. And the concept, I don't know if you're familiar with the Net Promoter Score, probably yes. are, but there's, yep. Yep. so that's a, a, a common um, tool that companies use for customers and then also for employees. And um, at the time, there was a lot of research and, and, and a lot of work being done um, that kind of centered on this philosophy that if you take really good care of your employees, then they are going to take really good care of your customers and that that's going to permeate throughout the whole business. And so I I had a role um, centered around that for a couple of years. And then when I left left there and went uh, into the university, um, started in talent development, and then um, eventually also had career services. So similar type of concept you know we want to develop you know our employees to do the best that they can to serve our students and similarly as uh, and I've so I've kind of operated with that philosophy yeah. for a long time but um, within IBT when I started here uh, we were at the very beginning of what has turned into a really impressive and incredible, digital transformation and I and I mean I hate to even use the term digital transformation because it's so much broader than that and I yeah. think that term is just overused but but we were starting down this road of saying well, how are we going to 
skate to where the puck is going to be. You know, we are a family-owned business. We're independent. The type of work that we do is very centered around relationships and very focused on, you know, I mean, we have employees who have been here 20, 30, 40, 45 years. Like, that's very typical. And we have customers that have been engaged with us for that same amount of time. So if you think about the relationship dynamics that exist between our account managers and their customers, it's much deeper than... um, than just, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going out to make a sales call. Yeah, like, it's not transactional. It's, it's not transactional yeah. at all. I mean, <clears throat> they're in communities together. Their kids play sports together. They, in some cases, went to high school together. Like, this is a very deep relationship. And so, as we were thinking about, well, how do we modernize um, our business operations? And how do we take advantage of economies of scale? How do we... Um, build a business that's going to be successful for another 75 years. What is that going to look like? And it's a significant amount of change for a company that's been so stable for so long. So yeah. um, so when I joined, we were starting that process. And really, our CIO and I were like partners in crime. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, uh, and so I was really engaged on the change management side of things. So we were implementing e-commerce, we were starting um, to build a data warehouse, starting to build these kinds of tools that would help us set the foundation for success and, um, and to carry the team through that, you know, was a role that I took on and really um, helped to move the needle on. And then um, as we've had turnover and, and change within the company, my being so closely connected to those teams and being, you know, in the mix with them of, okay, how are we going to overcome these obstacles? How are we going to support these efforts? Um, It was a really natural transition that when the opportunity arose that it, it felt very natural and still really does. So, yeah. So that's kind of how it, how it got there, but which is a long story. So (laughs) yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, it, It really does. Um, I think it's great when organizations look at the human resource function as a, a real value. It's not a cost center. It's a it's a it's a value value driving center, and that seems like uh, kind of a next logical step to carry that forward. To have the the same person that's communicating externally as the same one that's setting the tone culturally uh internally in internally obviously you have a team and, but the sure. one the one uh, leading that that makes a lot of sense yeah uh, let's zoom let's zoom out real quick um we're, we're getting we got a little bit into the into the depths of what what's going on there maybe zoom out and uh tell the audience uh about your company what is what does ibt do and then the relationship with uh, cumulus uh as well yeah so ibt was the original piece of the business we're family owned we're in our third generation um managed by the you know owned and managed by the cloud family really incredible family um 
And we are an industrial distributor. So for those, like I didn't know when I joined this company what that meant, but what that is is we help manufacturers stay up and running. So if there are, it, it can be a variety of things, but if they need replacement parts for their machinery, if they need a whole new automated services for their equipment, we set those things up. Our team engineers them, puts that together. We manage um, replacement parts. We provide a variety of services that are all centered around keeping manufacturing operations up and running at any point in time. So if you, you know, I've had some cool experiences, been able to go to um, our customer locations, and that can vary from anything from, you know, making dog food to flour mills to grain elevators. So it's it's just yeah. a wide variety. And, uh, and we keep that running. And at the end of the day, you know, we're helping to put food on tables for people and um, make sure that what they need is um, available when they need it. So yeah, we've seen I was I was talking internally uh, about you and and like man we've seen them out at this plant or at this facility we mm-hmm. your your reps are out there uh, there's a very hands-on element to it in the operation element to it right yes most definitely our team is in the field our account managers are extremely well versed it's so impressive to see the level of knowledge that they have on um, just in industrial maintenance and repair, um, engineering as a whole. And so they are out in uh, getting on the ground, climbing up on ladders, checking things out, uh, making sure that, that things are humming. Land top technical and professional talent with Focus. Focus specializes in direct hire and contract placements connecting you to exceptional candidates in IT, engineering, management, and more. Elevate your team with focus. Visit getinfocus.com. You've got people that have been with you for four decades. Mm-hmm. Um, something impressive that I read. And you're going through a digital transformation right now. Mm-hmm. It's really, or I guess you've come through it or you're, you're at the tail end of it. Something that is I read that was really impressive about your company. You have a ninety three percent retention rate. Yeah, it is. Um, uh, we, we we people stay with us. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So there's that's a, remarkable. It's a, it's amazing, really. Um, and I I don't know exactly if if we can attribute it to family ownership, but I will say that the Cloud family is incredibly invested in making sure that our employees are well taken care of and they are true stewards of taking care of the team. And it's it's so much more, and I know that there is a, you know, a real trend in, um, <clears throat> in what people look for when they're talking about, an, you know, an employer of choice and Mm-hmm. And that this idea of family is um, is kind of being shied away from, but but really, um, you know, there's a there's a feeling when you work for IBT and Cumulus um, together that uh, that we're all in it together, that we're partners, that we're they're working through this, um, and that uh, we're all treated fairly. That. <laughs> You know, I mean, it's a it's a mutual yeah. respect and a mu- mutual mission, and uh, and that's existed long before I was ever here. But but it's incredible, and um, and I I mean, I've never worked at a at a company that is 
that has this strong of a culture. So, what are the what are the mechanisms, the pieces of uh, pieces of framework, or mm-hmm. you know, you, you're a good sized company. Yeah, um, to be able to, and obviously, if you have a, a 93 percent retention rate you are successfully pushing that culture out to the edges of mm-hmm. the organization. What are the things that you do to ensure that you have that total permeation? Obviously, you've achieved that mm-hmm. uh, of this this cultural, uh, this positive culture that you have going. Yeah, so I think um, it, it's, a, it's a number of things and I think it's a lot of little things that um, are hard to measure and quantify so it um it it all everything you know rises and falls on leadership i think um Mm. so i think the cloud family really sets that example and there are lots of situations where we come upon um and I think in HR, this is something you're always doing is like trying to figure out the balance between what's in the best interest of the business and what's in the best interest of the employees and how to make that, you know, ideally the same thing. And sure. I think there are a lot of scenarios within IBT where, you know, we will err on the side of doing what's in the best interest of our employees because there's a long term <clears throat> view of how are we going to um like this needs to be sustainable for us and it needs to be in the best interest of our employees. So I think that is um, that is a really important component of it. And as we've had folks who start in this company and then they work their way up, so there's a very common path, a career path, that our employees will start as a delivery driver and we train them extensively. So they go through three to five years of training um, while they're working it as a delivery driver and then at the order desk and then in inside sales and they progress into um, store manager and then to a regional manager. And so all of our regional managers that are employed with IBT today uh, started as delivery drivers. There's not wow. a single one who didn't. And so they oh, cool. have um, so they have this you know path where they have, um, grown up within the company and that they have a true sense of what's important. And that's not just where we are today, that is a generational um, experience. And so because they've grown up in that, as we've grown, that's really helped us in that in that area. But the, um, the other things that we do are, um, I mean, kind of simple stuff where we Every quarter we have town hall meetings with the whole company, so everyone is there, and and we do them on on a, a platform that allows for. I mean, it's kind of set up like a like a conference room, so you can like pop into different tables and just chit chat. Mm. And our executive team, we visit every branch every year, and we get out into the field and. Um, and then I encourage my teams to get out into the field and go visit and talk to people and um, and and we have true strong relationships. Like there's not a there's not a single person in our company that I don't know that I don't that I haven't had a conversation with that I don't know their name. Yeah. That I, you know that's the yeah. that's the type of care mm. that I think is required to to build a culture like that. Yeah. So great employees want to progress. Sounds like you have mm-hmm. a clear track 
um, for them. But if you're not turning people over, have you run into challenges of, of not having a spot for, okay, a person's ready to make the jump, but you don't have a spot for them. So how do you, how do you deal with that? Yeah. So we have a couple of, a couple of really cool things that we've done um, more recently to support that. Um, One of which is um, a program uh, that we've put in place from the Cotter organization, which is for change management, John Cotter. Um, And we call it the big opportunity. We weren't real, um, real uh, specific about that, but um, so every 90 days we put up a set of challenges that the organization is facing. Here's problems that are not on our big strategic roadmap, but they're things that we need to tackle and we need to solve. And we ask for volunteers uh, to, wow. uh, to you know, build teams and go and solve them. Oh, and, um, and that gives people a couple of things. One, opportunity to try things that are outside of their scope. And then um, two, it gives them exposure to the executive team. So they present their solutions um, imp- and we implement them. Uh, we provide budget for them to make it happen. And so there's a, a chance for people to get out of, outside of their comfort zone. And then, um, you know, we don't look at those career paths as just vertical. You know, there's lots of other opportunities. So yeah. um, right. we, you know, and we just finished um, our mid year reviews, which we, actually are are entirely focused on development and like what do you want to do with your career where do you want to go what are the things you're interested in and we've created we've created roles um when when those things arise so we have a a several store managers actually who have taken a strong interest in other areas of the business so um one in particular is uh really took a uh was very passionate about e-commerce. And so he's now our digital specialist slash uh, store manager. And part of his job today is to help our other branches adopt digital channels. And so they have a, a subject matter expert they can lean on who understands their daily grind and knows their challenges and they can reach out to them. So we build them where we see them and we provide opportunities yeah. for those paths too. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, curious, just um, on the project-based opportunities, personally, I think the exposure, the experience is the value, but do you also uh, compensate them somehow or bonus them for it? It's No, we don't. It's entirely okay. volunteer-based. Um, and the reason for that is because we, we wanted people to do something they cared about. And... And a lot, it's not uncommon for me to hear something along the lines of, man, I've, I've been hoping we would do this for like 15 years or something like that. Yeah. And they're, you know, they're passionate about it um, and they care so much. So, you know, when we have turnover, a bulk of it is in retirements. Right. And if you've invested 20 or 30 or 40 years of your life to this company, you want to leave a legacy. And so... The team is very engaged in that and very invested in in the future, and um, and that you know is really compelling. And so we have had nearly thirty percent of our employee base volunteer for a team at some point in time or another, and a lot yeah. of them volunteer every single time. 
So it's pretty wow. common. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. That speaks to your, if you have a learning and development culture, then that would be looked at as a positive thing. If you don't, people, I would think would be, well, how much do I get paid to do that? Right, for, yeah. You know, so that's, that's great. What a great dynamic. I read a quote where you said, uh, you correct me if this is wrong, but uh, you believe any person can learn any, learn to do anything. Yeah. Is that an accurate quote? Yeah, it is accurate. I do okay, believe why, it. Why do, you, <laughs> why do you believe that? Um, because I've seen it over and over again. And, you, you know, you hear these stories mm. about, like, the first person who ran a marathon. Like, they're, they're the first person who did it. And so you see that example. And, uh, and then once one person sees somebody do it, then they know that it's possible for themselves. And um, and I do believe that's very true. And I have, um, I mean, you know, and I, I try to live that myself. Like, okay, well, we don't have anybody who knows how to, you know, build a SQL query. I guess I'm gonna go learn and I'll figure that out and then I'll teach somebody else. And so yeah, I, I, I think those are, um, those are things that are, are important and important to ingrain in the team. And, um, and we really have to um, be able to focus on that. And I, you know, it's, it's interesting and important and timely, I think for that concept in, um, in workforce development, as we're thinking about uh, the way things are changing and that, you know, we have a skills mismatch, I think, in, in the, um, in the labor pool today. And, um, and, you know, I think we have to look at talent a little bit more flexibly and be willing to teach and train wherever that comes from. So, um, you know, I think about our, our digital specialist, who's also a store manager. I, I, I know for sure he did not know what an API was when we first started working with him but if he you know that was maybe a year and a half ago and now he's able to run projects for e-commerce and so there's you know you have to be willing to make that investment so that people have the tools that they need to to build and grow um but there is absolutely not a person that i've worked with or met that couldn't learn how to do something now we're all going to be you know um predisposed to have uh, certain aptitudes, but um, if we can focus in on where people are passionate, then the sky's the limit. I was gonna ask you if you could help me get in the NBA uh, (laughs) at 52. Uh, You know, you just keep practicing, I mean. (laughs) Yeah, where where do you, I 100% agree with you. Uh, I think we err too much on the side of thinking small in terms of what people are capable of doing where do you but there is a reality you sure. know i'm not gonna play in the nba yeah um how do you i don't know where is that where is that line for you or do you just or is your philosophy just open it up and hey if we shoot for the sun and get the moon that's that's great that is absolutely my philosophy because um because i think and and this is just my experience that uh the corporate culture can be really limiting. I think we say no too often, and I think we 
um, you know, put people into boxes they, they maybe don't belong in. And we make these summary judgments that, um, that I think it's important to get away from and give people the opportunity and, and the tools. And I think if we provide that and build a culture where that's allowed, where it's okay to experiment and it's okay to have some failures here and there and taking some of these risks and areas where it's not going to be hugely detrimental to your business, then, you know, why, why not, I guess, is the, the other question. So why wouldn't we take that approach? Finding experienced, vetted aerospace contract workers ready to work with highly specialized skill sets isn't easy. Onan Aerospace can help with a wide pool of the best talent, attracted through our superior benefits. To learn more, visit onanaerospace.com. How do you handle situations, and I, I would imagine you had some of these situations recently, you have a workforce that's been with you a long, long time. You're making a digital transformation. How do you handle situations where people don't want to learn the new thing? It's great when they volunteer and they want it, but you you need them to step up. You need them to, the job changes, the job changed. You need them to do something new, but they don't, they don't want to do it. How have you guys approached that? Yeah, so it's it's been a pretty big variety of, of ways and approaches. And I, I will say with e-commerce, um, you know, we're struggling with that um, on the, or we struggled through that with, um, with both our employees and our customers. So we have customers in very rural communities that are not as technologically savvy and, um, and you know may not be interested and plus also they like to talk to our team like it's a social engagement yeah. for them so um <clears throat> as we've worked through this we've we've taken a lot of different approaches we've incentivized some of some of these um you know components particularly e-commerce adoption um we have uh, been very intentional in designing the change management process that we're going to go through and setting realistic expectations for what success looks like. Yeah. And then we've also built um, avenues where we can um, can kind of separate things out a little bit. So like for example, um, you know, our account managers, we ask so much of them. We ask so much of our account managers, so much of our inside sales teams. Okay, can you know uh, 2 million products in depth and also understand the applications? And then can you also uh, sell training to our customers and sell e-commerce and do, you know, all of these things? Yeah. And so that, we have to take a realistic approach to like, well, maybe that's not the way to do it. And so being able to segment out responsibilities so that, we want you focused in on product and service, and then we want you focused in on the digital experience mm -hmm. has been helpful. Mm -hmm. So we think about that going into, into the efforts. And then we incentivize and we do, we try not to do things that are, uh, you know, we try not to build stupid policies that people aren't gonna follow anyway, you know? <laughs> so right. we really try to do that so that it's, and you know, sometimes that's hard because it just kind of pop, bubbles up in the way. But yeah. um, but there's always going to be people who are not going to 
jump on board and aren't going to go and and you know our philosophy has been to we're going to build this investment for our future growth and our future success we're going to line the talent up to support it in the way that we need to understanding that not everybody's going to go there and we'll help them along the way and we'll we'll mm-hmm. do our best and and what's been really interesting about it is that as we've gone more people have been open to it than we anticipated. They see the big picture. They see the long-term need. Hmm. And um, and those that aren't, you know, really kind of, you know, fall into the background. So we've, we've done lots and lots of uh, talent development types of tools. Like we did a deck of cards to, like, how do we talk about change? How do we talk about um, these things where our managers would start meetings with this kind of you know how do we how do we build this based on our culture and we tie yeah. that all into our values and that connects the dots and and we're able to to get there but it's it's never easy people we're emotional beings like we are you know that's the way we are and, and it's uncomfortable to get out of the zone but yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. good okay mm-hmm. what uh what's one trait that you would if you could instill one trait into every employee, what what would it be for you? Curiosity. <laughs> Curiosity. Yeah, yeah. I think it's um, you know I'm a very firm believer that you know that people can learn to do anything if they they put their minds to mm-hmm. it. Uh, maybe you can't be in the NBA, but you can certainly learn to throw. I don't even know that much about sports, but <laughs> you can maybe you can shoot a basket. You know, you can learn right, to right, be right. really good at that. Yeah, yeah. That's um, true. And uh, and I think that, you know, even sometimes our world kind of beats that out of us as we are, you know, coming up and we we get into these boxes where our experience drives us. And uh, sometimes that's that's not effective. We have to get out, try some new things, experiment, uh, learn something new. And and I think that helps us to continue always learning. Yeah. That's my that's my trait that I say too. Is it? So we're, we're kindred. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. Um, okay. Uh, let's. We're we're coming up on time. I, okay. I did I did want to ask you. So you've had a a really impressive career. Uh, you're still early in it, uh, and you've 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 covered quite a bit of ground um, already. What advice would you give your twenty five year old self? if you could go back and talk to her the, oh, the wiser more seasoned karen what, what would what would you say to your young self you know i i think that um i would have just uh <laughs> i guess leaned more into being comfortable in my own skin earlier on and you know part of that i think you have to just you know that's life you have to kind of get through but um you know i I didn't grow up with parents who worked in blue collar fields. So, you know, starting out, I, it was like learning a foreign language and learning, you know, all of these things that were challenging. Um, and I was uncomfortable, like showing, (laughs) you know, some sort of weakness or, or vulnerability. And, um, and I think if I had it to do over again, I would have just been, you know, a hundred percent. This is Karen Sampson, and I'm comfortable. And and here's my thoughts, and here's my opinion. Um, yeah. Because you know, <clears throat> looking back on it, 
like I could have moved faster probably and could have helped other people um, as well had I just kind of leaned into who I was. Yeah, yeah, good. Well, hey, thank you so much for your time. Um, IBT sounds like an amazing company and it sounds like you're doing a really great job in in the role you're in. And um, I know a lot of our listening base probably works with you. So it's it's neat to have that insight into how you guys tick. Um, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. This is a good, good, good thought experiment too. Good. Thank you for listening. This podcast was powered by Oni, a family of staffing companies providing real staffing solutions to manufacturing, logistics, and food processing companies across the United States of America. To get in touch or learn more about partnering with an Oni Group company, visit us at www.onigroup.com. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time.